Thanks for tuning in on Apple or Spotify to listen to another brand new episode of The Eye Test. Before we start the show, please take five seconds to leave a review. Since we don't sell you anything, this is the best way to help us grow. We would really appreciate it. Thanks again, and enjoy the episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Eye Test. I'm here with Paul Orlando and Bobby Amendola, and we are one day away from the beginning of the 2023 NFL season. Let's go. And there's no other way than to kick off the beginning of the NFL season and fantasy season than by predicting your 2023 fantasy award winners. This is going to be our new thing that we do each week. We're going to be predicting week-by-week winners, and then we're going to be recapping those winners. But since we have nothing to work off this week, we're going to be predicting the whole season, and we'll come back to it at the end. And we've got some good ones for you guys. You can see down on the ticker below, we've got the league winner. We've got the hero to zero, which is going to be someone that was good last year that's just not going to amount to what we think they're going to be. And of course, we've got the waiver warrior. I mean, that one is what everyone is looking for. Who are you going to be able to get on the waiver wire and could potentially help you win the season? And then, of course, we've got the breakout player, the guy that's drafted in the mid to late rounds that just really uh, outperforms his value. And then last but not least, or maybe least, the fantasy funeral, the player that has just been consistently declining and his career could could truly come to an end a la Todd Gurley or something like that. Damn. So boys, are you ready to kick this off? Let's get it. Let's I was get born it. ready. All right. So we're gonna start off with the league winner here. And Bob, you're gonna start us off. What player is gonna be responsible for winning you your league? It's actually a guy that I think is somewhat overlooked believe it or not even though he's going within the top three picks in most fantasy drafts and that's Jamar Chase I think obviously he's not forgotten about but everyone talks about Justin Jefferson with how good Justin Jefferson was last year and obviously Justin Jefferson played an entire season Jamar Chase did not play an entire entire season last year he only played in 12 games and he still had 87 catches over a thousand yards and nine touchdowns which was good enough to finish as a wide receiver one still. So if we're projecting health this season, then I think Jamar Chase is an easy guy that's going to help you win your league. He honestly, when he's on and when he's on the field, arguably has more upside than even Justin Jefferson. So Jamar Chase is a no-brainer for me as a guy that, despite his talent and everything, is still being overlooked just a little bit. Do you yeah, guys do think- auction drafts at all? You guys in any auction leagues? Uh, yeah, I'm in one. My team's horrible. Okay, well, <laughs> I actually just I had an auction league draft and I got Jamar Chase and I literally threw the entire house for him. I spent it was a two hundred dollar total bank. Got him for like seventy four dollars. Like I literally blew so much. But that is how much I love Jamar Chase this year as well. I think he is going to be an absolute stud. Yeah, I think also with like Joe Mixon just getting older, I think they're really going to be relying on Joe Burrow's arm talent and they're going to be throwing the ball so, so much. 
Um, I think that my league winner this year, everyone wants to draft him, but then when they see that he's on the board, they're like, ah, I'm just going to get this surefire guy instead. And the guy that I'm talking about is Bijan Robinson. I mean, he's that shiny new toy of the year. I think he's going to have a rookie season similar or better than Saquon Barkley. Um, do you guys remember what Saquon was drafted at his rookie year? Like, his was he in the beginning part of the first round? Was he in the middle? He, and he, I think he he was I definitely. Wanna, middle I want to say end. he was top five. Yeah. Okay. Really? Well, I thought he was. So Bijan, his ADP time. was like somewhere between six and eight. I know in one of my drafts, I got him at the three spot because I'm that confident that he's he's going to help win some leagues. He is on a very run-heavy offense. They don't have many pass catchers available, so they're going to use Bijan as their pass catcher probably. Very easy passes, receiving upside in PPR leagues. I cannot wait to watch Bijan play. And honestly, like it's not like he's going to lose your your league. So it's not a bad pick if you get him in the early of the first round. So Bijan Robinson, he's going to be on a lot of championship teams this year. And he, officially today, he was listed as the RB one on Atlanta's depth chart. So take that as breathe. it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The old the old preseason depth chart debacle. Yep. As if all of us didn't know that Bijan Robinson was going to be the RB one in Atlanta <laughs> this year, but I so those are both very good options, fellas. I went a bit of a different route here, and I went with someone who you could have actually gotten in the middle fifth, early sixth round here, and I think someone who's just going to be on a lot of championship teams this year, and that's Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback Whoa. for the Jacksonville Ooh, Jaguars. Quarterback, Paul. Yeah, so I went with the league winner here because you can still get Lawrence in the middle of your draft, and you can pump your team full of those superstars like Jamar Chase, like B. John Robinson that we just talked about. And I think there is a very legit shot that Trevor Lawrence competes for that QB1 title this year. I'm talking over guys like Josh Allen, over Patrick Mahomes, Hopefully not over my boy Lamar, but I can definitely see it. But right now, Trevor Lawrence gets another year with Doug Peterson. We saw him go absolutely nuclear in some games last year. So you get another year with Doug E.P. You add Calvin Ridley. Christian Kirk is still there. Travis Etienne is entering his uh, technically third, but pretty much second year. I think he's only going to improve. Evan Ingram is a very, very, very capable receiving tight end as well. This offense is just absolutely loaded, and Trevor Lawrence is at the helm. And people don't, people tend to forget that T Law can actually run a little bit if he absolutely needs to. So he has that rushing upside. He just doesn't usually do it often. And I'm not saying he's going to be running for 600, 700 yards this year, but don't be surprised if it's like, you know, a goal line, goal line look, and they got like five or six yards, and Lawrence extends the play and just ends up running it himself. So I really like Trevor Lawrence this year. I can see him being on a plethora of championship teams. Yeah, yep. and everyone has noticed how important having a top quarterback is. And while you're letting everyone go after those top three quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Mahomes, you're collecting all the positional players and then getting a potential top three quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, which is what you're predicting, Paul. And honestly, I can see it too. Um, considering how good their offense is. I mean, the Jaguars are going to be uh, quite the team to uh, to dominate this year, for sure. Uh, yeah, let's I'm just over. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm just, what really made me think about this pick was when Lamar had his MVP year. 
he was on like 27% of the championship teams. Like he was their quarterback wow. because he was a later round cat and had just like that QB one year. So don't overlook the upside of having a really good quarterback. All right, let's head on over to the hero to zero. A little more on the negative side here, Bob. What, what player was, you know, a top 24 player in their position? Definitely won you a couple weeks, had a couple top five weeks in their position, but they're just not going to amount to that type of success this year. That is, this is going to be the hero to zero award, and you do not want to win this, but somebody will. Somebody will, and unfortunately, this player is on – my beloved Jets. And oh, it is Dalvin no. Cook. It's Ooh. not Brees Hall. I think Dalvin Cook, surprisingly, even though a lot of people think he was mid last year, which maybe to the eye test, he was mid. And I don't mean to our podcast. I mean to the actual eye test. Maybe he fell off a bit. But he still finished as our RB1, finished in the 11 spot last year, had almost 1,500 scrimmage yards and 10 touchdowns as well on the Vikings. And now he goes to the Jets where he's teamed up with Brees Hall. And they're, they're, they're not saying they're going to limit either of their snaps, but I'm assuming Dalvin Cook will probably get more snaps than Brees Hall the first couple weeks since Brees Hall is coming off an ACL injury. But I think it's just going to be that. Like They're going to give Dalvin Cook the majority of the carries maybe a 60-40 split in the first few weeks of the season. And then once Brees Hall is ready to go 100% healthy, maybe around week four, week five-ish, I think that's when Brees Hall is going to take over. And that's when what's going to make Dalvin Cook a hero to zero. I don't think he's going to be finishing in the top 24 this season. I think he could be a worthy flex play, maybe still finish in the top 30. But when you have a, a young stud like Brees Hall on your team, it's going to be hard for the coaching staff to give Dalvin Cook a majority of the carries when a guy like that is healthy. Yeah, I think like your best bet for Dalvin Cook being, say, a top 24 running back this year is like he's going to be very touchdown dependent. I think they're mm -hmm. going to really try and like ram him down uh, in the red zone and just try and get him to bulldoze his way into the end zone. And it's just like, I don't know, like you're going to need two touchdowns out of Dalvin Cook every week just to help you win a week. And it just doesn't seem that likely. Yeah, he wasn't particularly efficient last year either. So like you said, it probably is going to be a touchdown or bust season for Dalvin Cook, probably from like week four, week five on once Brees is healthy. Mm hmm. All right, I'm going to go with my hero to zero. It's going to be T. Higgins. I think, one, Bob, I totally agree with your Jamar Chase take that he can certainly be a league winner, and I think everyone else watching this would agree too. But I think the result of that is going to be T. Higgins just isn't going to get as much attention this year. Um, obviously, last year, T. Higgins had some time as the wide receiver one on the Bengals, so he had time to shine. Um, if Jamar Chase can stay healthy this year, I just don't think that T Higgins is going to be putting up the numbers that he did last year. And it's not like they were league winning numbers last year. I mean, don't get me wrong. He had almost every game. He was in the double digits. Obviously T Higgins was known for being banged up. So we had a couple games where he just didn't play and it, they were scattered throughout the season. So I think you tend to forget um, when T Higgins was unavailable, but it was just, it just seemed to be at the worst times. I mean, like, you know, middle of the season week five, he didn't play against a divisional rival in the, in the Ravens. And then, you know, he 
didn't play again in week 14, which is the first week of the playoffs. Like, that's just annoying. Um, and I think that's what T. Higgins was last year, was he was annoying, but he did help in a lot of weeks. Um, if he was playing, he had a floor of around, like, 10 points, really. And then he had a ceiling of, like, 30. So, in some weeks, he was your hero. And T. Higgins won you some weeks. Um, but I think this year with Jamar Chase who's going to be healthy, I assume, and he's going to be taking over the league. Uh, I just think T Higgins is going to, for, for someone that was drafted in the second or third round, I do not think that he's going to be, you're really drafting him at his ceiling there. Yeah. And I think he's going to have more of a value of like a six round player this year. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head based on ADP. I think it's way too expensive to be drafting T Higgins. He'll still be solid, but I would not be paying basically a wide receiver one price for a wide receiver two. Yeah. And he's going to be that guy that like, maybe he does get you 10 points, but you're going to be staring at him every Sunday morning. And you're like, you know, maybe you don't like the matchup. Maybe they're and like, you know, they're just going up against a good defense and you're like, ah, is T Higgins going to actually do well against his team? And you can either take the risk and, and reap the benefits or, or, or not. Yeah, T. Higgins is <clears throat> one of those things where the talent will never meet the fantasy implications of what could be as long as he's on that field with Jamar Chase. Agreed. Awesome. <clears throat> Let's get your zero to hero, Paul. All right, so my hero to zero is actually very painful because I put a lot of eggs in this guy's basket for my dynasty team, and that is Cooper Cup. I just think, yeah, Ooh. I just think with Cooper Cup, there's just not a lot going right for the guy this year. He's got that weird lingering hamstring injury that he like went and saw like a specialist about. Um, he's considered day to day still, but let's be very honest. This Rams team is extremely top heavy and they have no depth. I don't really see them competing this year which just leads me to believe that Cooper Cup could fall from grace. And as a guy who was being drafted in the first round, I think after he saw the specialist, he did get kind of knocked down to the second round. If you recently, like very recently, had a draft, I know the draft I had last night, Cooper Cup did not get his auction number met at value. Somebody paid way less for him. So... It's just really, it just really scares me with Cooper Cup this year. I am reminded of Keenan Allen that Bob knows all too well from last year with a yep. just a hamstring injury that wouldn't go away. And every week, every Wednesday or every Thursday when the injury report comes out, you're checking to see what's the status on Cooper Cup. And so I'm just really scared what's going to happen to him. I wouldn't be surprised if this hamstring injury does linger throughout the year. And even if he does play, it will hinder his performance. Yeah, I mean, if you're comparing it to Keenan Allen, he pretty much pulled his hammy in week one last year, and he didn't really come back until pretty much week 10. He, It's basically the same timeline as Cooper Cup. He came back a little early, had a setback, and then he was out for another like month almost. So if the Rams play it right, it's possible that maybe he'll come back, you know, in a few weeks. But like you said, these hamstring injuries are very tough and what are the Rams even competing for? Honestly, they have their own first round pick finally this season. So there's yeah. not going to be a ton of incentive to be like, we got to rush Cooper cup back. 
So I think fantasy owners are going to be very upset this season with Cooper Cup. Not saying he still can't be good, but I think they're going to be upset overall. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely crying in the club after today with Travis Kelsey news and Cooper Cup. Bad day, bad <laughs> week for you, Paul. That's been tough, man. It's been really tough. Dude, that's that's tough. And you traded for Kelsey recently. I know. I know. It's just I feel like the odds are are stacked against me, but I have never not overcome adversity, so I I'll figure something out. I'll be good. You are an adversity warrior. Thank you. Speaking of Warriors, let's oh, move on over that to... That is a perfect that was, unintentional well segue. <laughs> we get, this is why we get paid the big bucks. Let's head on over to the Waiver Warrior <laughs> Award here. This is going to be my favorite, personally, to recap at the end of the year because nothing's better than finding that diamond in the rough. Bob, who is your Waiver Warrior of the 2023 season? So, funny enough, I actually did just pick this guy up on the waiver wire in our redraft league, and that is Marvin Mims. So, Marvin Mims already is in a pretty good situation with Denver. With Jerry Judy getting hurt, it's not as bad as we originally thought, but he's probably going to miss week one, which gives more opportunity for Marvin Mims. Cortland Sutton has been mid his entire career, So there's not a lot of competition with Jerry Judy out for Marvin Mims. So I think this is the perfect opportunity for him to show him what he's got. And he was Sean Payton's first draft pick as Broncos head coach. So that's telling you something. Sean Payton clearly believes in this guy. And it wouldn't surprise me if he is the wide receiver too on this team, you know, within the first few weeks, to be honest, because Neither Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton have shown that they're particularly reliable in real life football or in fantasy football. So it's kind of the perfect storm for Marvin Mims to rise up and show what he's made of. And I think he actually will do it. Not saying he's going to be a league winner or anything like that, but I think he's going to give you, you know, some consistency. He's kind of fits that Russell Wilson, like, receiver mold that Russell Wilson likes likes to throw those like um those rainbow throws like the to the Tyler Lockett type receiver yeah yeah and I think Marvin Mims fits that role perfectly so I think it's going to be Marvin Mims time to shine in Denver yeah Marvin Mims good pick there I mean those Broncos receivers it seems like for the last couple years they're like consistently getting injured and it's like one or the other or both I mean Tim Patrick has been like tearing an ACL. I don't know how many ACLs this guy has, but he's just been become best friends with like the cart on the field. (laughs) He's just like consistently hopping on the cart. And uh, yeah, I mean, good point, Bobby. He definitely has a, a chance to at least showcase his playing style here. And who I think my waiver warrior and everyone it's the people who wait a long time during the draft to get a tight end that can really reap the benefits with this. And that's going to be Juwan Johnson tight end on the saints. Um, Not many people know that name. He's in his fourth year as a tight end, which is a popular year for tight ends to actually break out. And it's not like he's gotten a lot of chances to do so, but I think having car under center throwing, he's got a better quarterback now throwing him the ball. Um, last year he was the tight end 15, which goes to show why he wasn't drafted this year. Um, but he is trending upward thanks to his new quarterback. 
Um, last year, I mean, all I really got to show that Juwan Johnson could be a waiver warrior. I mean, he had a ceiling of 20 points in a game against Arizona where he did have two touchdowns, but he did have five touchdowns over the course of the whole season, which is more than Debo Samuel last year. Debo Samuel was drafted in the third round again this year too. Right. Not saying that Juwan Johnson is going to put up third round numbers, but I mean, towards the end of the year, he was putting up, he had a three week span where he went 14, 15, 13 That's um, against the Ravens, the Steelers and the Rams. Two out of three of those teams have good defenses. And then um, in the uh, second week of, I guess in the first week of the playoffs, he had 23 points. And then in the championship week, he had 11. So wow. he, Played, played the whole season pretty much last year except for one game, one or two games. Um, and I just think that Jawan Johnson's going to be that tight end that everyone's going to be going after, you know, after his first big game in, say, the first month or so. And the people who took a while to draft a tight end because they didn't want to just reach on, like, a mid-tier tight end could really benefit from a waiver-wire tight end like Juwan Johnson. Juwan Johnson. Yeah. yeah, look him up, baby. Look him yeah, up. I know who he is. But like, those numbers just jumped off the page. I did not know that about him. I, yep. it's The Saints offense is going to be interesting in general because didn't they bring in Jimmy Graham again? They have like so they many. They, they have so many. They have so. Uh, that's the one offense that I have. I don't think I could predict it even if I tried because there's so many. They have like four running backs that could play. They have like four tight ends. They have like three receivers. Like there's, I I don't know if Derek Carr could handle it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a good year for him too. Yeah. Paul, who do you got for your waiver warrior? So my waiver warrior is actually a guy I also just picked up in our redraft league. And this is not sexy. This is more just play it and see how it goes because he is currently on the IR but they are expecting him to be healthy the minute he comes back. And that's Jeff Wilson running back for the Miami Dolphins. As we've seen before, the Miami backfield under Mike McDaniel is pretty much a crapshoot. He obviously brought in the guys that he loves in Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, and they spent a pretty good pick on Devin Achain. Achain? I always Achain. get his name wrong. Achain. Achain. But with that being said, Jeff Wilson, when he is healthy, and he did play in all 16 games last year, and granted, he did not light the world on fire, but he did average 4.89 yards per carry, which is huge. He's got home run speed. He can take it to the house. And if when the inevitable happens, we don't wish for injuries, but when the in inevitable happens to Raheem Mostert and he gets hurt, something happens, Jeff Wilson could be in line for this starting backfield to be the starting back in this backfield and give you some potential home run ability in the on the waiver wire. And as we all know, the waiver is how you win your championship. It's mm -hmm. super easy to draft Jamar Chase with the second pick. It's super easy to take B. John Robinson in the first round. Where you win your league is on the waiver wire. And if Jeff Wilson can give you four or five pop games where he can win you weeks, that's how you get to the playoffs. And that's how you inevitably build a championship finding somebody this late undrafted so i'm going jeff wilson for when he comes back he is certainly worth an ir stash if you have the spot available yeah certainly i i last year i had jeff wilson as like a late round pick on when he was on the niners and then i also had raheem mostert and then he got traded to the dolphins um 
And then I had a bunch of injuries. So there was like the final six weeks of the season where I had to start Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. There might have been like two out, two or three out of those six weeks where like they were both scoring me like eight and ten points. And I was like, all right, like, you know, it's not the end of the world. Got me to the playoffs, but um, did not win me a league. So, yeah, yeah. that does not help. Uh, unfortunately, right. the football gods have called in and told me that Raheem Mostert is playing every single game this year. Oof, geez, I I don't know. I'm I think Paul's right about the backfield there just being a crapshoot. You don't know who they're going to use. You don't know who's going to catch the passes or score the touchdowns. It's going to be tough. Um, but I can tell you, it it does not look like Devin Achain is going to be the guy this year. No, um, if they're both healthy, you know, if if they're not, then he could be. All right, let's head on over to the. Breakout player, another award that everyone loves. Who's that guy in the middle to late round, late rounds that is just going to break out? Who's going to outperform their ADP by a mile? Bob, who is that guy? Uh, you know we don't talk about tight ends a lot here, but this is a tight end. David, another one. we got two tight ends. Winning. Two tight wow. ends, <laughs> and they aren't Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, or George Kittle, <laughs> and. This is David Njoku. He he's had a couple tight end one finishes in his career. That's obviously not saying much. He's never had a top five finish or anything like that. He's obviously played with mediocre quarterbacks his entire career. But he's playing with Deshaun Watson. And regardless of your opinion of Deshaun Watson, how you think he's going to perform, it's easily the best quarterback he Njoku is going to be playing with in his career. And Njoku had a 65% target percentage in the red zone so if he converts a little more of those opportunities into touchdowns this season which i think is extremely likely with deshaun watson then you're talking about a tight end that could potentially surprise and maybe sneak his way into like top six to eight tight end finish you know maybe even top five honestly there's always a tight end that sneaks up on you and finishes really high and i think njoku could be that guy this year i'm gonna go ahead and go with george pickens for mine i think and and honestly it kind of combines with kenny pickett too because in order for george pickens to have a breakout year i'm expecting kenny pickett to take a pretty large jump they had a great preseason i know that's nothing crazy but it was very cool to see that kenny pickett had five drives and scored five touchdowns in the preseason um i don't think any other quarterback did that this year um and I understand it is the preseason, but I think it's just it's shining a light on that Steelers offense. They're young, they're healthy, and they're ready to rock and roll. And they did boost their offensive line, um, I believe, like a tackle or a guard. And then they got um, big, giant, tight end Darnell Washington there helping out. <laughs> so I think that George Pickens, I mean, he's definitely Mr. Highlight. So I'm expecting more of those. He's very... Um, I mean, athletic, acrobatic is probably a better word. The way that he catches these seemingly impossible throws um, really wows me. And it's those types of movements that can help win big games for the Steelers, um, but also get him catches that some other receivers wouldn't. So, I mean, last year, George Pickens, he had four touchdowns. Uh, three of those four touchdowns were actually in the fantasy regular season. So I'm expecting some positive regression for touchdowns out of him because I'm definitely assuming that Deontay Johnson is probably on his downfall. Um, and I just think the way that George Pickens plays, he's going to have a lot of home run plays with the Steelers, you know, 
long balls, um, yards after catch, things like that. That's really going to boost his value. Yeah, I'm telling you, they're going to make a 30 for 30 on George Pickens one day. He is just such a unique specimen. He just a dog, honestly. He's just a dog. He really is. All right, so I am going to be talking about someone who, if you've been tuning in since we started this, I am in love with this player. I actually tried to order a fathead for him, but they don't have it yet. Yet, they will have a fathead for him, and that is Rashad White, the running back for the Tampa Bay Bucks. I can totally see him having a huge breakout. So with Leonard Fournette last year, Unfortunately, that did hinder Rashad White's snap percentage. So he actually never played more than 64, 64% of the snaps, except for one game when Lenny was completely sidelined with the injury. And on that game, Lenny, or on that game, Rashad White went for 20 points. He's a PPR machine. He gets Baker Mayfield, Mr. Checkdown himself, as his quarterback this year. He's got the backfield all to himself. I know they drafted Sean Tucker, who actually went to my high school. So, Sean. Congrats. That's awesome. Calvert Hall. <laughs> just don't but, take over the backfield. Yeah, just don't take <laughs> yeah, over the backfield. Right. Let Rashad White at least see like 75% of the snaps. And I'm telling you, Rashad White, watching him, he certainly passes the eye test. He's a crisp runner. He runs some really nice routes out of the backfield. I can totally see Rashad White being a very, very high-end RB2 this year. Ooh, I like it. All right. So we got David and Joku, George Pickens and Rashad White as our breakout players. Let's let's top this episode off the 2023 at the end of the season. Who are we going to have a funeral for, boys? Who's that player that's just consistently getting a little bit worse? But this year, it's just going to be complete drop off. Bob, take it away. So first, I think I need to say we need to copyright Fantasy Funeral or something like that because <laughs> no one else has anything like this. I love that this is a thing and this will continue to be an award for years to come. But Fantasy Funeral for me this season is none other than Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers, a guy I actually thought was much better than he actually is. Mm -hmm. And I know we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but Mike Williams, believe it or not, outside of his one wide receiver one season, he hasn't finished higher than the wide receiver 32 in any other season in his NFL career. That is actually insane for a guy that is pretty much always drafted in the middle rounds, you know, maybe in like fifth, sixth round in fantasy drafts for the past few years. So, and they also drafted Quinton Johnston, which is who's basically Mike Williams, but he could actually move and create after the catch. Unlike Mike Williams. So I think them drafting Quinton Johnston was pretty much a message to Mike Williams that you're pretty much gone after this season and I expect Quentin Johnston to have a bigger impact in this season than Mike Williams. Mike Williams is just a very one-dimensional wide receiver. He's pretty much just a high-point-the-ball type of receiver. You know, doesn't really do much other than that. Can get you a touchdown every now and then. But the stats don't lie. He's been pretty mid his entire career. And I don't think it's going to get better once he leaves the Chargers. I think this is... Pro or his last wide receiver one season was probably his final hurrah. I just don't see a path for him to be really relevant anymore. And Mike Williams is pretty young. That's a pretty early funeral and early death. Yeah. I mean, also he 
is injured all the time. So that doesn't help him either. He's got some wear on the tires as well. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to, this guy's going to have a fantasy funeral just due to age, um, natural causes for his fantasy funeral. Because Mike <laughs> Williams, he's going to get like traded or he's going to sign with like the Titans. And the second that that happens, we know that your career is done oh, as a receiver. Um, this guy, he just signed with a new team, the Carolina Panthers, and that's Adam Thielen. You want to talk about a steady decline, and it, it really has been steady. So in, in 2020, he was the wide receiver 10, right? And then 2021, wide receiver 28. Everyone's like, eh, bad year. And then people roll the dice on him in 2022, and he's the wide receiver 29. So here's our steady decline. I think now that he's on the Panthers, he's got a rookie quarterback. Um, there was a time like when he first signed with the Panthers, I was like, hey, that's probably the best receiver that they have. Um, but Adam Thielen's going to be the guy that just gets you a touchdown here and there. He's not going to be getting eight catches a game and having hundred yard games at all. Um, I don't see him eclipsing a hundred yards once in the season. Um, and if he does, it's going to be some miracle long ball where he's wide open, the cornerback tripped or something like that. And he was just wide open to run down the field. So I think with Adam Thielen's age of 33, he's in his 11th season. Um, I just think that not only is his age making him decline, but I mean, it's just his situation really having the, having Bryce Young as his quarterback. I just don't think that wide receivers do not do well with rookie quarterbacks, uh, generally speaking. And, you know, you saw Thielen go from 14 touchdowns in 2020 to 10 in 2021 to six in 2022 it's just slowly going down and he's going to flatline really soon it's going to be january 23 we're just going to hear <laughs> i don't have a pulse death. i don't have a pulse cause of death rookie quarterback rookie quarterback <laughs> bryce young oh man so i went i would say a little more bold with my fantasy funeral here than the both of you did uh, I'm going Mike Evans here. I'm sticking with that Tampa Bay. As much as I think Rashad White's going to break out, I think that Mike Evans is just not going to have a great year this year. He's 30 years old, so he's only getting older. And like like you said, I forget it was John or Bob, Mike Evans could very well be like on the Titans next year or could very well go to somewhere that's just he could get traded. He might get traded to the Giants like tomorrow. No, the Jets, man. Yeah, so if he gets traded to the Jets, Jets let's go. That- Wide receiver the have just the Aaron Rodgers created so much cap space for the Jets to make another move. It's either going to be Mike Evans or Devontae Adams. Well, yeah, so did Daniel Jones. I'm pretty sure they just restructured his contract, right? Or they did that. No, they did. They uh, did. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Regardless, he's either going to go to a crowded wide receiver room or he's going to go to just not a great receiving upside team. And Mike Evans. He only scored six touchdowns last year. That's the lowest he scored since 2017. Mike Evans has been Mr. 1,000 yards, Mr. at least eight touchdowns with a bulk of it being 12, 13, 14 touchdowns uh, per season. And so it's just the odds are against him this year. Baker Mayfield is his quarterback. We saw how well that went with Odell Beckham Jr., who has a very who's a similar type of receiver to Mike Evans, you know, a decent downfield threat, taller guy. And Mike Evans, I just think after this year, he's going in the, you know, mid seventh, eighth round in drafts this year. I wouldn't be surprised 
if he's just a bench stash on your team next year. This is going to be a sad one to announce. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it, but I am looking forward to Chiefs Lions tomorrow, eight uh, o'clock. Yes, dude. I'm going to be yes. sitting down on my couch and just watching the game. I, I cannot wait. With, Sunday is going to be great. With Allie? Are you watching? We got with Red Allie? Zone. No, nope, I'll be with the boys. Okay. I'll be with the boys. Um, but this is going to be great. So next week, what we're going to do is we are going to recap week one. We're going to have fantasy awards for week one, and then we're going to predict fantasy awards for week two. So we'll have an episode come out on Wednesday and Thursday of next week. So if you're watching on YouTube right now, go ahead, subscribe to our channel, like this video, comment who you think is going to win one of these awards below and look forward to next week. We got two episodes coming out. We're going to do a recap. We're going to predict, and we're going to have some fun with this. And we cannot wait for the NFL season to start. It's been a long off season. We're here. We're we here. Are here. We're going to come out weekly. We're going to be pumping out content left and right on TikTok, Instagram, and um, what's the other thing? YouTube. YouTube. Thank you. <laughs> That's the main one. The platform that this is going on. <laughs> and, and for all you guys listening on Spotify and Apple Music, we appreciate that. Go ahead and leave, leave us a five-star review. We will see you next week in the NFL season. Yes, you will. That's yeah. crazy to say. Let's go. See you guys. <laughs>